0: ora, I'm Terry Boucher and I'm a tax specialist with uh, with over 30 years experience uh, working with clients in New Zealand Australia the UK and the United States. My work used to be reasonably straightforward but life has got more complicated as people move around the world and international tax age authorities share information all increasingly around the world increasingly with each other. Um, and governments are trying to catch up with the keep ahead of what the latest tax developments and tax planners so i now work quite a bit on two fields obviously working for my clients giving them the best possible tax advice and then also advocating for a fairer tax system for everyone as our strapline says uh, better tax stories for you a fairer better tax system for everyone so this week has been uh, the big story this week in news in new zealand tax was the high court uh, decision in the Cullen Group, or uh, which is owned ultimately by, uh, notorious is probably the right word for him, uh, Eric, what businessman, Eric Watson. This is an involved story, but in essence, Watson left New Zealand in 2002, and shortly afterwards set up a structure which enabled he sold his businesses to an offshore structure situ- situated in the Cayman Islands and took a debt back. And the companies, the New Zealand company Cullen Group was required to pay interest on the advance to to these companies situated in the Cayman Islands. Now under New Zealand rules you're required to withhold tax on interest payments made to non-residents. It's called NRWT, and the standard rate is 15%. But if the payments are made to a non-associated party, the interest rate drops to 2% approved issuer levy, sorry the rate of withholding, you can have the 2% approved issuer levy instead and this is what watson and the cullen group would try to achieve inland revenue sometime we're not clear on the timeline about this looked at this and said no that's wrong you should not have been it it was um in rwt non-resident withholding tax all along and here's a bill for 51.5 million dollars um that obviously provoked some litigation and meantime interest has been running on this so ultimately gets to the high court and the IAD, the judge comes down, Mr Justice Palmer says, yes this is tax advice, uh, tax avoidance, clearly wasn't within parliamentary contemplation, and so we find in favour of um, the Commission of Inland Revenue. So right now, um, Collin Group faces a bill for $51.5 million of NRWT, plus about $60 million of use of money interest. And that's not the end of it, because it can also face penalties. And those penalties are two types of penalties could could apply uh, what are called shortfall penalties um, and two types of could apply one is a unacceptable tax position which was 20 percent could be reduced to 10 percent of the tax due so that could be another 10 million dollars of um uh, on top of the 15 million already paid or in revenue take a real hard line approach to this and say this was um an abusive tax position so we're going to charge you a hundred percent of the um, tax avoided the NRWT so that's another 50 million so we don't know whether there's been no commentary about penalties on this typically in these cases the parties will argue about it and come to some sort of agreement but this case will run and run Watson will take and the column group will almost certainly appeal this um, the problem is I don't feel They've got much hope on this because this is the latest in a series of cases involving uh, tax tax avoidance, which Inland Revenue has won. And a lot of, in many of those times, the key part is that the courts have said, "Well, this wasn't really within Parliament's Parliament's contemplation." One thing I think Watson and the Common Group might have a chance on is the timing of all this. These arrangements were first set up in two thousand and two. We know, we think. There's some reference to maybe an audit having begun in 2004, but certainly Inland Revenue issued assessments in 2010. So, the problem for I have about this case is 16 years between in, in inception and court is not exactly ideal um, in any system. It's uh, for any taxpayer to be under that amount of uncertainty for that period of time. And the other question is Inland Revenue has done this all, there are what we call time bar rules generally you can't uh, In room, you can't open an assessment unless it's in willful evasion or, or fraud uh, more than four years after the end of the year in which that um, return was filed they've slid round that in this case and they do this quite frequently by saying ah oh, yeah but you never returned the income in any form whatsoever well that is a matter of a debate which was so I thought was glossed over in the uh, high court um, judgment Collin Group did return the interest. They said, yes, we are paying interest. Uh, we are making payments to an offshore person, and we think these are subject to the approved issue 11. Now, it's been found because it was tax avoidance and that uh, they should have applied NRWT. But the point is, all along, they were quite open with Inland Revenue, saying we are making payments to an offshore party. So should Inland Revenue really have been able to slide round the, the issue of the time, bar? That, I think, is the point where the assessment will be um, uh, will be one to watch in this case. Moving on, the next big news is it affects significantly more people, affects, perhaps as many as 2 million people, and that is the passing of the Taxation Annual Rates for 2018-19 Modernising Tax Administration and Remedial Matters Bill. Quite a mouthful. This is the bill which enables, uh, puts the legislation in place, which enables inland revenue to now, from 1st of April, automatically issue uh, refunds to hundreds of thousands of taxpayers. An estimated 750,000 taxpayers will benefit as a result of this measure. The bill was also in- introduces um, a new measures allowing inland revenue to uh, issue uh, tailored tax codes, as they're called. Which uh, for pay as you earn, which is hoped, really effectively puts an end to the problem of secondary tax. Secondary taxation affects about 500, between 500 and 600,000 taxpayers, and it means that people who have more than two one job, their second job, second, third, fourth job, uh, may be taxed at the flat rate of 33% when, in fact, when you look at their overall income, the tax rate that should apply is lower. Um, this has been the bane of um, a lot of people's lives um, and uh, it is how is the main reason why the um, tax refund companies you may have seen like uh, MyTax um, were set up and they used to deal and get get um, refunds for people in these circumstances. As a result of this measure, these this new bill coming through, from 1st of April, the Tax um, refund companies are basically out of business because the Inland Revenue will be able to issue everything automatically. Now, there is a wee catch to this. The Inland Revenue is transferring to what's called release in part of this business transformation. And it's got Release 3 coming up. And Release 3 uh, from first of April, uh, uh, mid-April is the one which will enable all these automatic um, uh, refunds to go through. Until told them there might be about 1.7 million people might be affected um, and also uh, it's what they call an automatic square up so people, most people were getting, many people were getting refunds a few will find for the first time they're going to be having tax to pay anyway, the uh, inland revenue to get everything ready was basically going to be shutting down between the 18th of April and the 26th of April which is the Easter Anzac period it's the only time you could do it really so nothing is going to happen before that shutdown um, is completed, so don't think you can file your t- you'll be re- so getting a refund on the first of April when the New Year starts. Not going to happen. I don't expect to see many refunds coming through until May at the earliest. So that is actually going to put pressure on the in-run Revenue System. They expect they're going to get 1.8 million calls between March and uh, sorry between first of April and the six months following first of April as people say, "Where's my money?" Um, We'll see how well their systems cope with that. And finally, this week, um, just a story that just popped up in the news today, but it picks up a story that is ever evolving. Comes back to what I, what I said at the top of the um, top of the podcast. That is an international issue. Adverti- details of online advertising were just been released. How much is being spent? And it's estimated it's now crossed about a billion dollars of our online advertising in New Zealand. Now. The lion's share of this is snapped up by Google and Facebook. And this is the point where the so-called digital services tax, which was mooted in the same week that the government said it was going to consider in the same week as the tax working group report was released. And then that story just got completely swamped by the um, the, um, hullabaloo in the wake of the TWG report. Well, this, this... the advertising figures here give us some idea of what perhaps could be raised by that. It appears that maybe Google has something like close to six hundred million dollars of um, income from advertising income from New Zealand. So if the government went ahead with the proposed three percent levy on that, that's eighteen million dollars up to it would have collect. Now, Google has changed its uh, reporting model and we may see more details about exactly what it's doing when it publishes its annual accounts for December 2018, probably in the next two or three months or so. We don't know exactly how much uh, Facebook does. Um, apparently Facebook has booked something like 40 million dollars with uh, advertising agencies but this is one to watch their space. The international um, tax arena is very um, dynamic the, there is a lot of change happening around this question of digit, taxation of digital services. Um, while, and while the OECD, Organisation for Economic Cooperation and Development, so-called base erosion and profit shifting initiative is moving away in the background, it's slow and companies, countries sorry, are keen to make sure they get their cut. And this digital services tax is something India has, spain has italy has the european union is looking at this australia is looking at it and we're just new zealand is just the latest such country to do so digital giants don't like it but surprise surprise of course they wouldn't but i think they will see space in this movement in this space so i'm terry Boucher. that was the weekend this week in tax and you can find this podcast on my website boucher.tax or wherever you get your podcasts please send me your feedback you from your friend pass this around to your friends and have a great week. Until next time, Kakiti Ano.